Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trinity Episcopal Pocatello podcast. Peace be with you. Today's homily, Change of Heart, is based on scripture from Jeremiah and the Gospel, John. It is about how we resist the change that God promises us, or perhaps it is about how God's promises demand that we open up to change. We will let you decide. Here is Reverend Haiti Le Corbier. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Jeremiah's words are God's promise to us in every generation. More than that, I think they are God's core promise to us. But they're also a challenge. And I want us to think both about that challenge and that promise this morning. Now, Jeremiah is speaking to a particular broken-hearted group of people at a particular moment in time. His listeners are facing the utter destruction of their city and their own unknown fates as captives in Babylon. They're also facing the disintegration of their whole mental world. They've been the people of the promise, the people of the covenant, Is the promise withdrawn? Are God's covenants broken? We've heard a lot about these covenants since Lent began. Our first readings focused on them for three weeks in a row. We heard about the covenant God made with Noah after the flood, the covenant God made with Abraham before Isaac's birth, the covenant God made with Moses' people in the wilderness, Moses' covenant in particular shows how much God wanted to help people make choices that would help them individually and help those around them. And both Abram's covenant and Moses' covenant incentivized those choices. Do this, God says, and I'll be with you. I'll favor you. I'll help you. Good things will happen. Awesome, said the people of Israel. Those are good rules anyway. Things we know we should be doing. Sign us up. Of course, this is how diet programs and fitness centers make their money. (laughs) And the results were the same. A lot of the desert people made some better decisions for a while. A few people made better decisions for a long while. Others nodded and smiled, reached for a ham sandwich, and went on with their lives. 
God's covenants got broken because as human beings, we tend not to want what we say we want, what we believe we should want. Instead, we want what we want. Distraction at the expense of prayer. Security at the expense of rest. Our neighbor's kitchen, maybe. Their golden door. None of these are bad things, but the price we pay for them can often be too high. This is not a problem confined to one group of Iron Age people in the Eastern Mediterranean. But it's the story of those people that the Hebrew scriptures tell, and it's God's challenge to them that we heard this morning. More specifically, what we heard is a shift in God's challenge to them and to us. Now, preachers can get themselves into trouble with broad statements, so I want to be careful here. But I think it's fair to say that the covenants we heard about at the beginning of Lent were largely framed in terms of extrinsic motivation. Do this and I will help you. Don't do that or else. And the people who study such things will tell us pretty unanimously that extrinsic motivators tend not to work as well as we might like them to. On one level, that or else was always an empty threat anyway. The scriptures tell us over and over again that God has never abandoned God's people, no matter what they did. On another level, the threat is real. From Egypt and Canaan to Atlanta and Pocatello, God's people have faced and still face the consequences of our own appalling choices. So have the people around us. So is the creation around us. And we keep digging ourselves in deeper. Enter Jeremiah. There's only one way out, he says. Your world isn't going to change until your actions change. And your actions aren't going to change until your wants change, until your hearts change. Your motivation has to come from within. Now this can sound like a catch-22, maybe a Zen Cohen, if we want to think of it a little more positively. We can have what we want only when we no longer want what we want, pretty much. And of course, that's part of what Jesus is saying in today's reading from the Gospel of John as well. Those who love their life lose it, he says. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it. I read one commentator this week who notes that the word John uses for hate is the word he usually uses for reject. A better reading, the commentator said, might be, he who rejects his life will gain it. That doesn't help a lot. In fact, if anything in Jesus's words is supposed to sound comforting, then I would say that John has seriously misread his audience. I like my life. 
at least I like a lot of things about it. And I don't think I'm alone in that. John doesn't tell us the reactions of Jesus's audience, but I doubt that any of them found his words all that reassuring. Then again, that wasn't his intention at that moment. That's what makes this idea such a challenge. But I will say it again, I think this is God's core challenge to us, both in Lent and out of it. God isn't calling us to let go of a few things we wish we could have. God isn't calling us to take on a few duties we'd be much happier to skip. From Jeremiah to Jesus, God is calling us to be transformed, to let go of the hearts we have, to let go of the things we cling to, to let go of our wishes for our lives, as Jesus seems to have let go of his wishes for his life. To begin making the whole world new, not because we have to, but because we want to, when we've already established that what we want is maybe a cheeseburger, it seems impossible. But Luke tells us that nothing will be impossible with God. And Jeremiah insists that God will make it happen. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Not because we want it, but because God wants it. Not because we can even fully imagine it but because God has modeled it for us in Jesus. In Jesus, God shows us what it could look like to let go of our own wants, not because we have to, but because we want to. I've had a number of conversations this week that looked forward to the end of the pandemic, or at least of this phase of the pandemic. Some of those conversations involved rejoicing at the idea of getting back to normal. Others involved distress at the idea of going back to normal. We know how much we cling to normal, but we also know how far away our normal is from God's dream. And we know that the only way to live into God's dream, to truly care for us, for each other, for the world we love, is to let God change us, to let God change our hearts. Create in us clean hearts, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within us. Amen. grateful you've listened today and we hope that you found something helpful 
in today's episode. Our mission is to weave God's unfinished tapestry, and by listening, you are a part of that mission. So thank you. If you would like to know more about our parish or the Episcopal Church, you can find us online at www.trinitypocatello.org. Thanks be to God.